Welcome to the Men's Leadership Network podcast, where each month we're exploring what it means to be a godly leader in our homes, workplaces, and communities. For the past 16 months, as COVID has swept the globe and much of our lives have been placed on lockdown, the social and spiritual needs that existed before COVID have only multiplied. As much of the world turned inward during the pandemic, one organization found creative ways to continue looking outward in some of the hardest hit corners of the globe, providing for the least, the last, and the lost in the European country of Moldova and along the banks of the Amazon River in Brazil. Today, Pastor Jeff sits down with Chris Hardy, the Director of Programs and Church Partnerships for Justice and Mercy International, to unpack what they learned about living on mission during COVID and how we can do the same. If you find the content of today's episode helpful as you aim to become a better leader, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review. And be sure to visit mensleadershipnetwork.com to subscribe to our weekly Man Minute emails, where we go deeper on the topic of each month's podcast and deliver this content to you every Friday in short, bite-sized reads that are designed to help you become a better leader in a minute or less. And now, here's Pastor Jeff. Hey, I'm with Chris Hardy today. And Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Man, it's my pleasure. Man, I'm excited about today. I got to tell you. So, hey, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about kind of growing up, your family, and then how God brought you to be a part of Justice Mercy International. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jeff, for having me. I'm Mm -hmm. excited to be here. First off, I'm a husband. Mm -hmm. I'm married to Tracy, and we've been married for 27 years. Uh, she is just the love of my life. I'd be lost without her. You know, we could say that about our wives, I would, but I would totally be lost without her. Uh, I have two kids, a 22-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old son, so we're just about to be empty nesters uh, when our son Will goes off to college. He's going to University of Tennessee uh, in the fall, so excited about that. So I've been in the pastoral ministry since 1990. And I thought that I would stay in pastoral ministry my whole life, but God had other plans. Mm-hmm. And I learned about JMI through some friends of ours, Scott and Angela Farr. And just through that introduction, God brought me to Justice and Mercy. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's like, it's my heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I love what we do with JMI. Uh, I am the director of programs and partnerships, so I help to manage our international programs and then help establish partnerships with other churches and organizations and uh, schools. So I really uh, get to interface with a lot of churches, a lot of people. I love it. I love it. You're doing such a great job, Chris. Oh, man, thank you. I I do love it. Mm. It's awesome. Hey, tell us a little bit about your faith story, like when you came to know Christ and growing up in the Lord. Well, I, I grew up in a a strong Christian home. Mm. I say that every time the doors were opened at church, we were there. I mean, revivals, Mm. Wednesday night. I I remember growing up uh, counting the, this is a a vivid memory, counting the gum underneath the pews where I was like doing my homework or falling asleep. Uh, And so growing up in a Christian home, I just was always introduced to Mm. Christ all the time. But at five years old, my mom led me to the Mm. Lord. Uh, and I have just vivid memories of that, uh, of mom kind of leading me. Most of it is just what I remember her telling mm-hmm. the stories. But um, fast forward from five years old until college, uh, you know, Christ, he was my savior, but I was not living for him. Mm-hmm. I was I was doing some things that I shouldn't be doing. I got involved with a lot of drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. Um, And one night at Baptist Student Union, I was a junior in college, Mm -hmm. and my my roommate, Rick Harris, was 
preaching and he was teaching and and I thought that I was coming down with something I thought I was getting sick and I felt I was sweating and and I felt sick to my stomach I learned it was totally conviction but I reached up to wipe the spread the the sweat from my brow and my brow was totally dry and and in that moment you know it's hard to believe this but I didn't even know that I was crying I mean, tears were just streaming down my face, and Rick saw it, and Rick started walking toward me, all the while teaching, and before I knew it, Rick was on his knees teaching in front of me, and I fell on my knees in front of him, and right then and there is when Jesus became the Lord of my life. It was after that that I felt the call into full-time Christian Mm -hmm. ministry. So it just has been a beautiful story of redemption, how God takes broken things and he makes them new. Man, yeah, I love that. Uh, it's been a beautiful story. Well, and I'm thankful for Rick, too. It's oh, just the yeah. discernment of the spirit to, to know, you know, and That's I think right. as men, when we step into those opportunities, when we see our family or our friends and we just step out and we just go, man, I care about you and I love yeah. you and what God does through us. Is... And, he, and he's pastoring now. Oh, is he really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're both in ministry. Oh, he led it. me to the Lord. And yeah. uh, so if he ever listens to this, shout out to Rick. <laughs> Way to go, Rick. <laughs> hey, tell us a little bit about JMI. You know, I mean, we're 12 years old as an organization. Tell right. us about Justice and Mercy International for those who don't know. Yeah. So uh, in 2002, mm-hmm. Rolling Hills mm-hmm. started going to Moldova. Mm-hmm to just minister to kids, doing camps, and, you know, just uh, ministry with the church. Uh, And that grew from 2002 until 2008 Mm -hmm. when Rolling Hills realized Mm -hmm. that we needed a presence. Mm -hmm. And so you guys, you were part of that, clearly, uh, started Justice and Mercy International in 2008. Mm -hmm. And Steve Davis became Mm -hmm. our founding director. And from that point until, you know, 2013 is when Mary Catherine Hunt Mm -hmm. stepped uh, on board because we had added the Amazon. And we have just grown as an organization Mm -hmm. from, you know, one person to now we have, um, you know, 11 staff members here in the U.S. There are 27 staff in Moldova, five in the Amazon. Uh, We've grown to, we're sponsoring nearly about a thousand kids, special needs, priority needs, uh, vulnerable children in Moldova, Mm -hmm. hundreds of pastors and children in the Amazon. We've, uh, we've built 16 schools. We've built four libraries. We have four homes in Moldova for uh, vulnerable teenagers. I mean, only God, only God could take us from 2002 and you've been a part of that your whole ministry and to where we are now it just is a miracle at what god has done through jmi and uh so we're in two countries moldova and the amazon uh and man god is just blowing up that ministry by his spirit wow Tell us about, you know, in Moldova, right? We work with orphans uh, and vulnerable children there. And then the Amazon, I mean, it's pretty amazing to go up and down the river. Just talk a little bit about the ongoing ministry. Yeah, so in Moldova, we focus on vulnerable children. Mm -hmm. That's our main kind of priority. And out from that flows, you know, ministry to special needs kids, Mm -hmm. uh, priority needs, which means people are hungry and so they just need food hygiene bags 
we have homes for our transitional living students, teens coming out of high school or, or the orphanage, and they're 15 and they have no place to go. We offer them a safe home with parents and surround them with just care and services mm. to help them uh, not become just a number, but to help them succeed. Mm. Uh, we love that program there in Moldova. So it's all about, you know, children. We're, we're growing in our pastor uh, development there, so we're offering pastor's conferences, but all that's new to us, mm -hmm. and we pray that God will continue to grow that. In the Amazon, our priority is pastor's conferences, and so we do uh, two of those conferences. We were just about to move to three before COVID, and uh, obviously that didn't happen, but we do pastor's conferences where we're training about 100, 115, 20 pastors and their wives uh, for a week. And then they go back into their villages, mm -hmm. but they're part of our network. So when we take trips down to the Amazon, we go in down the river to those villages where those pastors live mm -hmm. and work. And so we're able to then build a school in their village, or we're able to build a church, or we take medical and dental clinics mm -hmm. to them. Uh, through our boat ministry, uh, and we, we just have a brand new boat yeah. there in the Amazon. It's called the Splendor, and we haven't even been able to take the Splendor uh -huh. out yet because of COVID, but it's just an amazing boat that will allow us. It's more of a, f a metal flat-bottom boat, mm -hmm. so we're able to go into streams that we couldn't get to in our old boat, the Discovery, uh, and we are so excited mm -hmm. about we're able to take conferences to individual villages that it may take days for them to get to our conference center mm -hmm. uh, outside of Manaus. And then one of the exciting things is that we're offering the discovery now for local indigenous pastors so that village pastors can take their churches <laughs> on mission trips even deeper into the interior. And so that's really our primary focus. We do pastor and child sponsorship mm -hmm. in the Amazon, but it, it's all around that pastor's conference. Wow. It really yeah. is incredible. I mean, to think about the Amazon, it, I mean, it is jungle. I mean, it is jungle. real jungle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you see the beauty of God and the creation, and then you meet the most beautiful, wonderful people and see Jesus yeah. work in their lives. You know, yeah. and these people have, they've given up everything yeah. Yeah. to go and move there mm. to share the good, the good news. Mm. And you and I have been there mm. together and to talk to those pastors mm. who are leading folks who've never heard the gospel before yeah. ever, they're leading them to the Lord. Oh, yeah. They're sometimes the first gospel witness mm. a village has. Mm. So why wouldn't we want to pour into those pastors? Yeah, it's incredible. Hey, tell us, Chris, everybody's had to pivot, right, with uh, COVID, but especially in the Amazon and Moldova. You know, in the U.S., it's, it's been really hard. It's been challenging. And yet for many, you, we can retreat into our house. You know, we have a nice house. But but there, when you got poverty, I mean, yeah. you, you know, you're living with multiple people. You're in uh, villages that they don't know about, you know, disease and, and masking yeah. or anything. So tell us, how has JMI been able to impact, especially in Manaus, where it's been rampant COVID yeah. spread, uh, and then in Moldova as well with the orphans. Yeah. You know, Jeff, one of our missional strategies that we have set that help us to accomplish our mission to make justice personal, 
uh, is that we want to invest in local indigenous leaders. Yeah. So we, we don't necessarily right now raise up U.S. missionaries, but we raise up national leaders. And that's a cool strategy that we have. As a result of that, when COVID hit, a lot of missionaries were able, they had to pull out and come home. Our folks live on the ground there. And so they were able to pivot and change the way they're ministering. So Mm -hmm. our ministry never stopped. It continued uh, with our folks on the ground. They continued to deliver food bags and in the Amazon, especially where the P1 strain uh, came there in Manaus, it really was devastating. Mm-hmm. There were thousands dying, uh, and our staff on the ground were able to really step up, and they became, with another organization, Transformer Brazil, the main liaisons between the government and that whole state of Amazonas. So they were working with 52 different uh, networked pastors as part of our pastors conference to deliver food, to deliver personal protective equipment, to deliver hygiene bags uh, to all of those municipalities Mm -hmm. there in the state of Amazonas. And they became really the liaisons to do that. So I think in the Amazon now we've delivered like upwards of 18,000 food bags, uh, 18,000 different uh, hygiene and personal protective equipment. Uh, We're helping give oxygen in Manaus to those who need it, filling up tanks, Mm -hmm. paying for that. Uh, We've raised, wow, upwards of Mm $250,000 by God's grace to be spent uh, in the Amazon to just help people who are dying, who are Mm -hmm. sick with that P1 strain. Mm -hmm. So God has really uh, anointed our teams on the ground to to do that, to be there Mm -hmm. for the people uh, and not to have to come back home. Yeah. They stayed and God has really blessed them. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm so thankful for the work that's happening there, the Amazon and Moldova and taking care of these kids and families, you know, when we couldn't go, Yeah, when we couldn't go. Right. Uh, and talk about that for a minute because we're so used to, you know, being on mission and yes. being in the Amazon or Moldova. And I've kind of had withdrawals this year and, and you see the <laughs> suffering that's happening and you just oh, want to be there and you want to help. Uh, talk about to guys, to men about how do you get involved and serve in the middle of this kind of time? You know, we're yeah. coming into summer, things are reopening. We still can't go internationally, but, but what are those things that we can be doing? Missionally? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question, um, especially since we can't All go, right. and we're praying that God will open up the door for us to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hate to just give the same kind of responses, you know, that we you hear when folks say, hey, how can we help? What can we do? Uh, but it is so true. Yeah. Uh, the first thing is prayer, mm-hmm. um, and, and I mean intentional prayer. Mm-hmm. We've seen God do amazing things through prayer. Yeah. Uh, we've been searching for staff members last year, and it wasn't until we called our entire JMI staff around the globe to a time of prayer that we found a house mom. Mm. Through prayer, the very next day, God answered that prayer. So we know that prayer changes things, Mm. and we need prayer. Our staff on the ground need prayer. 
uh, as they minister. They're running into roadblocks at times. They need the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So I think the first thing that, that guys can do is just lead their family in a time of prayer for JMI. It's a simple thing at the dinner table maybe to do is just pray for JMI. Uh, I think another thing is maybe as a family, sponsor a kid yeah. or sponsor a pastor mm-hmm. or a village. Uh, man, those kids, we have kids waiting to be sponsored, mm-hmm. and they truly impact you when you get to know them. And you guys have sponsored for years, Jeff, your whole, your whole family yeah. sponsors. And just the impact that that makes not only on the kids that we sponsor but on you yeah. and your family, your kids, as they're able to connect with uh, a kid there in Moldova. So, you know, families can sponsor mm-hmm. a kid, and I think that's a great way. Uh, but then it, just in giving, mm-hmm. I think uh, it's, you know, we're a nonprofit, so mm-hmm. we uh, exist on the generous mm-hmm. donations of God's people. So giving, and then finally I would say, this just popped in my head, learn about JMI, learn mm-hmm. about Moldova and the Amazon. There are multiple videos that we have, stories uh, on our website about folks in the Amazon or folks in Moldova. Uh, show one of those stories to your family mm-hmm. and just then just talk about the story and let your kids ask questions. It's a great way to learn about what's going on in the countries where uh, JMI and Rolling Hills is involved. Mm-hmm. I think those are great things. And it, as you know, men, we're always teaching, right? Whether it's teaching our kids always. or our grandkids or our nephews or nieces. And I think helping them educate about what's happening in the world. That's right. Uh, and, and that's been such a big deal for my family is getting involved um, in JMI and then watching my kids sponsor kids, you know. Oh, dude. Uh, it's incredible. It, do, it yeah. is, and it changes yeah. your life. And, yeah. And I can even point to that in my own life. Yeah. That uh, my mom and dad would always have folks into our home, and I didn't realize I knew there were missionaries, but I didn't realize how important they were. And, and I just grew up having missionaries at our dinner table all the time. And that impacted me. And now I'm serving with a mission agency that it's, it's so fascinating to me how God just it brings it all around. Mm. And he never wastes a single moment. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, I tell you, Chris, I was, I was just thinking about how God is making such a difference. And, uh, you know, this month of May, as this podcast releases, uh, I think about Tudor, right? I mean, here's a kid who was <laughs> in the orphanage, had really no place to go. By God's grace, got into our transitional home in Moldova, met Stella, you know, who's in the transitional home for right. girls. They get married, uh, have a baby, yes. and, you know, has been here working in the States to make enough money just to be able to go back because the economy is so bad, have a baby. And they're, they're coming to dedicate their child in a couple of weeks at rolling Hills. I mean, like that's the Lord. That's the Lord. So that's totally the Lord. You get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of something way bigger than us, you know, and And their story after story after story of those kids. And that's where I want every man and their families, you know, because as our kids, grow up in the United States are so privileged. I mean, we, we just are. Yeah. And to help them have a bigger worldview and the empathy and the compassion that comes. So how can you, as a, you know, you're, you're a father. Yeah, uh, sure. How do you encourage dads out there or men just to be like ambassadors for Christ in their homes and their families? And then even missionally, how do yeah, you encourage that? Absolutely. You know, I think what pops in my mind first is that as men, we've got to live intentional. Yeah. 
We have to live intentional. Um, because all of us get caught up <laughs> in just the routine of life. Mm. You know, we go to work, we come home, our kids are young, we play with our kids, we help with homework, we do dinner, uh, we put them to bed, bath time, bedtime. Then we have that few moments to relax with our spouse, mm. you know, with our wives. And, and then we're in bed and we repeat mm. and we repeat. And that can just become the routine of our life unless we're intentional about all those moments. Mm. And so I think uh, mm. living intentionally, you know, knowing that there's a greater purpose that we're pointing to, um, I think is so important. And, you know, that needs to be explored even more about how men can live so intentionally that we're not just doing things, but we're leaving a legacy that we want our family um, and those around us to be impacted by. So living intentionally, I think, is just so important that everything that we do, there it points to a greater, deeper purpose. Mm. And I know for me, you know, I want to leave it all on the playing field. That's kind of the legacy that I want for my own life. I want to leave it all there. When I get to be, you know, retirement age, 80, 90 years old maybe, uh, I want to have people say of me, he left it all on the playing field. Mm. He gave it all for the cause of Christ. Mm. And, that's, and so everything that I'm trying to do now is pointing to that purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I think as men, if we do that, if we determine, you know, why has God put us here and, and then how we're going to live intentionally to accomplish that purpose, oh, man, you know, there's no telling what yeah. would happen to families, to wives mm -hmm. as we live that way as men, uh, to our friends and family. Man, we could make an incredible impact for the cause of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I know you're living, man, well, you're living on purpose. Well, I pray that. I pray yeah. just like you. I just want to live it all for the glory of God. You know, Amen. I don't want to have any regrets at the end of my life. I mean, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes, but man, that we'd get there and just go, man, I, I gave it all, you yeah. know? So I, that's what I, I don't want any regrets. Yeah, yeah. I want to have done what God called me to mm -hmm. do and make the greatest impact for the cause of Christ. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, yeah, I think about retirement. I'm, we're 52 <laughs> yeah, now, right? I <laughs> and, but I, I'm not even looking at that. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine mm -hmm. sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. What? I, I want to be going yeah. and preaching and yeah. teaching and sharing Christ and loving on kids mm -hmm. around the world that have nothing. That's what I want my I legacy that. to be. Hey, talk about that because we're coming out of this pandemic. I believe it. I mean, I just, sure. God's opening doors and people are going to start traveling again. Right. And as people start to travel, uh, how would you encourage men, uh, as they individually or with their families or friends, how do you encourage them to make missions and mission travel a part of that? Uh, not just thinking about, hey, all the vacations I need to catch That's up right, on, yeah. but all the missions that I can oh, do yeah. in the future. You know, I, uh, one thing that comes to mind is, I mean, why not do like a vacation with a purpose? Mm. So that it's kind of a vacation, but mm. it's with a purpose mm. so that you're going and serving mm -hmm. with JMI Moldova or in the Amazon. You're taking your kids. You know, kids can go with you on our mission trips. Um, 
and you're taking your kids to experience what God is doing. I think doing vacations with a purpose mm-hmm. is uh, you're together, you're traveling, you're experiencing something new. Um, that could be really cool yeah. for dads and their children to do, uh, especially if you know your kids are adventurous and they want to be in the jungle <laughs> and sleep on a hammock boat. I mean, how cool is that? You know, to take kids. But I just think being intentional about, you know, hey, we're going to do a mission trip this year or um, we're going to even get involved locally with organizations where you're serving. So that may be the first step. But then the next step is, you know, going overseas and doing something. I think it comes down to developing a servant heart Mm -hmm. in your child. Mm You know, and how do you do that through service locally, through service globally? Um, but man, when mission trips open, I, I pray that there is an influx yeah. of dads and moms and mm-hmm. kids who want to go with us on trips mm-hmm. because they're going to come back. Yeah. They are going to come mm-hmm. back. And we're excited, uh, you know, to bring them back and really impact lives because, man, you get a kid yeah. on a mission trip. Oh my goodness, yeah. Jeff! Your kids have gone. <laughs> it impacts them forever. Ever. My life when I went on my first mission trip, mm-hmm. my life was forever changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, right in that moment, developed this heart for serving and missions mm-hmm. within me. And I know He can do that with dads and their children. Mm-hmm. So get ready. Get uh, ready. We're we're going to be going, and we want dads and their kids to go with us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well. I think you're exactly right, and I do encourage every dad out there. I took my daughter when she was a sophomore in high school to Moldova and changed her life, you know? Absolutely. uh, It was one of the best things we've ever done as parents, and obviously I go every year that I can, and uh, I just I love it, and I love serving, uh, you know, and seeing other men there. It's powerful, right? And we need more men in Moldova, especially because these kids are orphans or they're vulnerable kids, and— there's women that'll be there, but, but they That's don't right. have a lot of men in their lives. They don't. And when they see godly men, it impacts them That's in right. an incredible way. And in the Amazon, I mean, does the impact of having Americans come and stand beside these pastors or in the villages and we work yeah. and we build schools and build church. I mean, we can do manual labor, but man, even more so we're bringing Christ. That's and right. it's Amen. powerful, Amen. you know? You preach so. it and I'll turn the page, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Wow. Well, hey, talk about this. You were, I love that word intentionality. Yeah. You talked about that, living intentionally, because we live in this culture where there's a lot of meaningless and bigger things that rob our attention. How do we live on mission, not just on the mission field, but how do we live every day on mission? Yeah, you know, it, it goes to intentionality. Yeah. I mean, it goes right to that word, to be intentional about everything that we do. Um even to the point of our drive, mm-hmm. you know, to work. If we're taking the kids to school, how can we be intentional about living on mission with our kids? Mm-hmm. Um, how can we be intentional with our neighbors living on mission, um, with the folks at work? Yeah. I think if we, if we could live intentionally and put God first in everything— and then out of that outflow, we're just being intentional about our relationships mm-hmm. and about, you know, when we're in Target mm-hmm. or Walmart, you know, we're just being intentionally um, joyful. Yeah. We're 
knowing that we're going to interact with people. Um, I think that's been the greatest thing for me is to realize that my life is not my own. Mm. You know, uh, my family is not mine, really. Uh, my job is not my own. Mm. It's all it all belongs to Christ. Mm. And so if it all belongs to Christ, then I'm therefore his ambassador. Mm -hmm. And so, man, when you, when you recognize that and you live as his ambassador, then everything becomes intentional, a part of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is, is missional yeah. because everything is about glorifying and honoring Christ in everything you do. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm definitely not perfect. No, if my wife sorry. were here, she would tell you that. <laughs> um, but I think just living on mission, being intentional with our time and our energy and our efforts, um, man, that goes a long way mm -hmm. toward us living on mission. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Hey, Chris, you, you do a great job at that. And I just want to say thank you. You know, thank you for the difference you're making through JMI mm -hmm. and you, Mary Catherine, the whole team, and, you know, Sarah Magno and the Amazon yeah. and Alina and Vlad and... Moldova, and we can't be praying for, you know, as men, I just encourage you, pray for all of our JMI staff in the States and the Amazon and Moldova, and then get involved. You know, I love that you talked about earlier, you know, you pray, you go, you know, you give uh, these things, get you involved. I mean, every That's one right. of us can sponsor a child, every one of us, you know, and uh, we can make a difference together. That's right. So, Absolutely. And I pray that we can all live that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, me, all of us living oh. intentionally for Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, one last question. Sure. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, man, yeah. Um, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I, I really want when I come to the end of my life, mm. I want my children and my family uh, walking with the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I long for more than anything else. Um, but I also want everyone who knew me to know that I did not hold back. I, you know, I think I mentioned I left it all yeah. uh, on the playing field. Mm -hmm. I gave it my all. And not just 75%, and I held back 25 but I emptied myself uh, for Jesus. Yeah wherever he calls me to, to lead, whether it's in Moldova, whether it's in Brazil, whether it's in other countries mm -hmm. that, you know, we're able to go into, I want people to look at me and say, he gave it his all. He left nothing back and, uh, he gave it all to Christ. Wow. That's what I want my legacy to be. Amen. That's a great legacy. Yeah. That's a great legacy. I'm sure when you watch your son play football too, oh, <laughs> he comes, he's all sweaty and everything. You I just think, it. man, I want that my life to be, you know. That yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. a good visual. Yeah, he comes off the field exhausted, <laughs> sweaty. He gave it all on that field. Yeah, that's what I want to do yeah. in life. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I'm good. so thankful that you say that because there's a lot of. I think people in our culture who would just be like, no, I just want to lay on the couch. You know, <laughs> as I get older, that's I want right. to lay on the couch. Or and play golf. Yeah. Or, you yeah. Know. And that's, those are fine and intermittently, but yeah. man, that our purpose is our intentionality yeah. for Christ. I mean, Jeff, can you imagine retiring and just playing golf all the time? <laughs> I mean, that's fun. I love, yeah. I love that. Yeah. But no. I mean, yeah. Uh, wow. So. That, 
Let's I need go. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, Chris, thank you. Thanks yeah. for your heart. Thanks for your ministry. And let me pray for us right yes, now. Yes, thank you, Jeff. Oh, Father God, thank you for Chris Hardy. Thank you for his life, for Tracy, his family. Thank you, Father, for JMI. And God, the way that you're moving in the lives of precious orphan children, God, that we love in Moldova and uh, the thousand plus kids who we sponsor yes. and take care of, Father, be with our staff there. Thank you for all the pastors and villages up and down the Amazon. And God, I just pray a blessing over every one of them today, Father. And I pray, God, for us. You have given us so much, God. Just living here in the United States, um, we're the wealthiest nation that's ever existed, yeah. Father, in history. And so I pray that we be found faithful. I yes. pray that we be men after your heart, that we would live intentionally. God, that every man listening to this would just understand the responsibility and the call that we have to our own families and to our own generation, God, to make a difference for you. And so, God, thank you for this time. Thank you for the call in our lives. And bless, bless, bless every man listening right now. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Wow. Amen. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Oh, and it was my man. pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jeff. And guys, be watching every Friday. We do the Man Minute that comes out, and it is awesome. So be keep up, and you're going to hear over the next three weeks kind of unpacking this interview right here. And then I just want to encourage you guys. You know, we'll be back next month. Uh, and then in September, September 30th, we got a big men's event that's going to be happening. So you're going to be seeing more and more opportunities for us to get involved and to live out our calling as godly men. Hey, blessings on you guys and on your families today. Thanks for joining in.